This episode is brought to you by Capable Weighted Products. Capable's exclusive smart weight solutions provide caregivers and their loved ones with the calming effects of deep touch pressure. Discover how Capable's beautiful weighted blankets help you sleep all night and stylish wearables that provide sensory input throughout the day. Buy now at capable.com. That's cape spelled with an E, abble.com. Hello, friends, and welcome to the fourth season of Coffee with Caregivers. I'm your host, Jess Ronnie, and today I'm excited to introduce to you Michelle Crawford. Michelle is a woman that I met when I had a documentary screening in Oklahoma, and she is amazing. She has been the solo caregiver for her profoundly disabled daughter for a couple of years now. Um, She talks very openly and honestly about how difficult it has been to try to piece together a living while also raising a child who requires constant care. Her story is heartbreaking. She talks about how she feels like she's been in survival mode for the past couple of years, how she feels trapped often within her home, and the loneliness that often accompanies this journey, and how her desire above all else is to find consistent caregivers, which is a common story that so many of us can relate to. I know that you are just going to love this episode, but before we dive in, I just want to share a couple of things that I have going on. Um, I am actually recording this episode in June of 2023, and by the time you listen to it, it will be September, and we have a lot of fun new things going on with the podcast this season. We are going to amp it up from once a month to posting a new episode every other week. So that's super exciting. We also have have opened it up to sponsors for the first time ever. And this episode is sponsored by Capable. And I'll tell you more about them soon. And we are looking for guests to come on the podcast and share their story. So if you are someone who would like to share your caregiving journey, please reach out at info at thelucasproject.org, and we will see if it's a good fit. I think that's all I have going on. Um, as always, to stay connected with me, head to jessplussms.com. Also, I always love to hear what you think about these episodes, so please rate, review, leave a comment. All of that helps us out immensely. And now, introducing Michelle Crawford. Hi, Michelle. I am so glad to have you join me today on Coffee with Caregivers. It was such a pleasure to meet you. Um, what, a couple of months ago? Was it February now when we met? I in- believe that was February, yes. Okay. In Oklahoma, when I was there for a showing of the Unseen documentary, and you were the photographer, and we kind of struck up a conversation and just sharing our life stories and our special kiddos. And um, I was just really intrigued by your story and asked you to come on the podcast uh, because I think that the world needs to hear your story and how you are managing it all as a superwoman and as a single mom of two children and one who is profoundly disabled. So 
can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, um, who you do care for and where you live and what you do? Sure. Thank you, first of all, for having me. It's an honor, definitely an honor. Um, I live in Oklahoma. I actually came to Oklahoma from Illinois. I'm originally from Illinois, came to Oklahoma to go to ORU. And that was in 1987. And then I never returned. I've lived here for the remainder of my life, met, you know, my husband here, my ex-husband here. And then we married, had a business, developed a business, and then had two children and um, beautiful children. I, my oldest is 27 now. Son, my, my son, he just recently got married. So I gained a daughter-in-law there. And um, then my, my sweet, precious daughter, um, who became vaccine injured, after her four month shots and it has profoundly affected her development as well as just you know daily life in general and um so it's just her and me now her dad and i have gone through a divorce and i have been in that solo and i do mean when i say solo i do mean 100% solo caregiver of her since 2012. Her dad has not had anything to do with her care. And, um, you know, uh, where our business, we had a business and our business was supporting us financially through it all until the divorce was final, which took a decade, if you can believe that. Mm. But again, that was around her care. Okay. And the challenges that her care presents and, you know, um, but the business had been supporting us. And then he announced in a court hearing that he closed that business overnight without my agreement, without my knowledge even. And that and announced he was unemployed, which then made me unemployed <laughs> as well and overnight i'm left in this lurch of what do i do how do i which was the challenge that we were trying to figure out in the divorce no professional had we've been to multiple professional nobody had solutions for us we're like michelle we don't know what you're gonna do how old was she at this point at, well when we separated she would have been oh probably four Okay. Probably 13 or 14. But one, the one thing about my daughter is that she, prevent, she presents very childlike. So um, she's 24, but she looks like she's more like a 12 or a 13 year old and just has very childlike mannerisms type thing. And so, but anyway, so that sent me in a, a lurch of um, how am I going to do this alone? You know, this was a, now he's completely out of the picture. How am I going to do this and take care of her and go to work full time to earn an income? And that was challenging. The state did come through for us on an, an emergency type thing because of COVID. We were going through COVID at that time and, and they came through with an emergency um, approval on a waiver program that had a mile long waiting list, indefinite waiting list. And um, 
they gave her hours of care. They awarded her hours of care, which helped hugely with the care piece, but then went on to say, but staffing is not guaranteed, <laughs> you know, and that became the real issue. And, and then I did get a wonderful job and, but the caregiver challenges have just, I could fill a book and I wish I would have logged them but I was just too busy with just surviving. But the thought was in my mind, you need to log these because no one would ever believe what I encountered with caregivers. And, and the, the turnaround rate is extremely high. They don't last. Um, You think you've got one you're trusting. And then all of a sudden you find out something is going on. And when you have a nonverbal child, that can't tell you anything, you are really, really trusting that person that they're going to do what they're saying they're doing. And, and it just, it's a lot, it's a lot emotionally as a a parent to leave your child in the hands of somebody when they can't report to you when you get home, anything that happened and they're here alone, you know, but we've had a lot of heartbreaking things since that time. And one of those, including job loss of the wonderful job I loved. And, you know, in October of 22, wound up losing my job and it was around caregiver. The caregiver issue influenced that greatly. And um, it just became really, I was wore out. I was absolutely, and it makes me want to cry just even thinking about it. Just, I had had not recovered from all that I've been through through the divorce and the ugly things that her father was doing to avoid taking care of her financially and the things that he turned around and attacked, you know, put on me to try to make me out to be somebody I wasn't and then just get propelled into this survival, complete Mm -hmm. survival mode. And then to just have hit after hit after hit of caregiver loss of then looking because when you lose a caregiver, you know, you have an agency here in Oklahoma, how it works is you have an agency that the funds have to go through that the state provides for that care. Well, then your caregivers are an employee of that agency. Mm-hmm. Well, the agency wasn't really doing their job of providing quality caregivers. So that would leave me to go find my own caregivers and then balance this issue that you face of private with private care, where it's gone up astronomically to where it's just as it's a net, right? If I try to go work, it's a net. And why do you want to care for a profoundly disabled child when you can make more working at McDonald's? I mean, that is right. Generally what happens And if you can believe it, I actually had a family member that is close to my ex say to me, she was kind of checking in on me once I got my job and all that. And she was just asking, well, how's it going? And it was going well at the time. She goes, yeah, well, you know, it's just like taking care of a newborn. Mm -hmm. Mamas do it all the time. Forever and ever. And I'm like, yeah, it's exactly the same, right? (laughs) No. It's not because people volunteer to take care of a newborn. They can't wait to get their hands on that that newborn. And it's a whole lot different. I'm just going to be blunt. It's a whole lot different to change a newborn's diaper than it is 
to change a 24 year old's diaper. And nobody wants that job. No, no. And that was some of the disappointing things as I would have a caregiver show up, say, yes, I'll do it. I'll do it for the money. I'll do it for what you're saying it pays. And then they come to do training and see what's involved and they're out They're yeah. Nope. They don't want do anything. Sorry. Do yeah. I don't want to do that. So that's a good segue. Explain how her needs do present in your life and how her needs are challenging to you, to herself. Like what does that look like on a daily basis? Well, she's nonverbal for one. Um, she really has to have everything, all of her survival needs have to be facilitated for her. So to get out of bed, she needs someone to get her out of bed. She has a seizure disorder and that's her really only diagnosis is seizure disorder. Okay. Uh, seizures began after the four month shots, but so no, autism. She can have a, no, no autism. Okay. They say that this type seizure she has, has autistic features to it but there's no autism diagnosis. Okay. Um, It's just that where the seizures present in the brain has, is what has affected her development severely. So she really operates at like uh, the, in school, they tested her out to be operated at like a 12 month cognitive level. Um, Minus the language. I mean, at 12 months, you've got a child starting to have words, you know, Um, but she developed scoliosis during puberty, severe scoliosis. So where she used to be able to walk, that's no longer a possibility. So she has to have assistance walking everywhere she goes. She can't walk anywhere on her own. Um, and when she does walk, it's just extremely, it's a very labored walk, mm-hmm. very awkward, very labored. She wears a scoliosis brace. So it's, and then, you know, she has the incontinence. And so that has to be taken off and put back on multiple times a day through changes and, and whatnot to give her a break, you know, and um, everything is pretty much hand over hand for her. She can feed herself. You just have to cut her food into bite-sized pieces. And she is on a special diet to help to control seizures. And so her food is all prepared for her, like cooked for Mm -hmm. her. So to even to just leave the house, you know, a bag of food has to be prepared and taken with us for her. I can't just, you know, drive through a drive-through for the most part and grab her something to eat. You know, it's, it's, being prepared and making her a bag and taking those foods with us. And, um, you know, is it, it's, it's somewhat doable. It was more doable when we were a family, when there was two parents, Mm -hmm. when, you know, we both worked in our place of business. I had control of my schedule. I could maneuver my schedule around her. I had his help, you know, that sort of thing. And, even once we separated and my son was home, there was still freedom there because I could leave and go do. But when you live with a profoundly disabled child as a single parent, you can't just go outside your door and go take a run in the morning mm-hmm. without hiring care in right. and having yeah. someone come and watch your child for you to go do that. You can't go do a quick Walmart run. Right. Especially if you don't when, have siblings who are at home too. Like we are fortunate. We have a lot of siblings who can stay with Luke for an hour or two 
if I need to go take that walk or run to Walmart. But if you are a single parent with one kid at home and that child needs total care, you're trapped at home. I mean, that's the reality. You are trapped. Yes, it is. Yes, it's very, very lonely. Very she's, lonely. She's out of school. So yes, you have any day programs or it, what does her, what does her reality look like today? She just has caregivers every day or when, when they show up? For now, it's me because I'm still on that sabbatical. The, what Oklahoma, state of Oklahoma will do is they will pay a parent. They'll only pay them 40 hours. They won't pay them the full amount that the child is awarded. They'll only go up to 40 hours to pay the parent to be the caregiver. But then that pay is not enough to live on, mm-hmm. you know? So, but because, and I don't know that I got to that earlier, but when I lost that job in October, I was so spent and I knew I had to take care of myself emotionally and spiritually, physically, and just take a break and figure out how we're going to do this and figure out what I need, figure out, because full-time, working full-time outside of the home is not an option. Mm -hmm. For me to work 40 hours outside of the home means there's a caregiver in the home 50 to 55 hours a week to cover my transit time to, you know. Right. And and so, you know, so right now I'm her main caregiver. There is a caregiver that comes in on a very part-time basis and um, that helps with her. And that gives me a break to get out and go do some things, you know, and pursue different options or whatever. But, um, and then I just am trying to be creative of how to do this entrepreneurially, Mm -hmm. potentially, you know, and just making this work to where I am again in control of my own schedule and, you know, I can work from home some, but, but what I learned also with that full-time job is trying to work 40 hours from home is not doable. Mm -hmm. We were not even leaving our home. I was getting up from the time I would get up in the morning. Self-care was non-existent, none. (laughs) Like it wasn't, there was no room at all. And even barely to take care of her because to get in 40 hours a week remotely alongside caring for a child, it felt like I was putting in 80. Yeah. I mean, you were. Yeah. I mean, between caring for her and working. Um, and that's what people don't understand is it's not just another kid at this stage of life. Like I'm not, it's, it's not just, well, you're his mom. No, I'm his mom and his full-time caregiver. And I'm looking forward to the point in my life when I can just be his mom and somebody else can take over the primary caregiver role. I'll always have some sort of caregiving role in Lucas's life, absolutely. But I don't want to be the primary caregiver anymore. And I would I would hand that over that role over to the right person. Mm-hmm. So I can just enjoy being his mom. I don't feel like I've ever hardly just enjoyed being a mother to him because it's been so overwhelming as his caregiver for his whole life. And that's hard to recognize that. Do you not have day programs with availability in Oklahoma? 
What happens in Oklahoma is that um, you get a lot that say your needs are too profound. Mm, yeah, we have we that can't here take too. Them if so, I I believe there are some. I don't feel like it's the best scenario for her there, especially for like if I'm to work outside the home, mm-hmm. because her sleep schedule is just so. She's not a morning person, and so her sleep schedule is just really kind of you know, all through school, she had delay start. So to get her up and have her ready for me to take her somewhere that, that right there just exhausts me to try to, yeah. to even comprehend what that would be like at 7am in the morning, trying to get her up and get her ready and get her somewhere in order for me to get to a job by eight o'clock. Like I just, uh, I can't even, it's just heavy. That would be heavy to do. And if but, she's sleeping, um, that's kind of a form of respite too. Like you don't want to wake her up. <laughs> Right. I get Well, that. and she needs her sleep is so necessary because of the seizure disorder. You're trying to avoid seizures, but then a lot of times she's recovering from seizures. So it's because she could have a seizure at any time of the day. She could have slept an entire night and wake up at 630 in the morning and have a seizure. Mm-hmm. And then she's got all this recovery to do because uh, it just wipes her body completely out. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, but so the day programs are something I will come back, I'll circle back around to it every now and then and think, okay, I need to go check on that. But then it's just not one of those things that really pans out. Yeah. And that I really pursue. I have this, I'm really protective of her. And, and so I have this concern, I think a lot too, of just taking her somewhere and leaving her with others in an environment that she can't defend herself in. Mm -hmm. And again, she can't come home and tell me anything that happens, you know? So, you know, it happens at school. You you do that, you know, it stresses you to do that when they're in the school age years, but that's kind of a little bit different than to me, than just taking her to an isolated setting where it's nothing but, kiddos adults with disabilities right you know and so i don't even know what that feels like to her in a sense you know i'm all i'm kind of concerned for what that would even feel like to her but um because i was always such a huge proponent during her school of of blending her with the typical crowd so that she felt apart you know, and felt included. Capable was inspired by an adoptive mom to a daughter with special needs. She understands caregivers are living on high alert with vulnerable nervous systems. To provide relief, she designed capable, smart-weighted products which use less weight more effectively so caregivers and their loved ones can experience felt safety, comfort, and connection. I personally love my capable soft plush weighted blanket, which rarely leaves my lap when I'm in my favorite chair. And the shoulder wrap relieves tension while I slowly wake up in the morning with my coffee and a good book. These are simple and effective ways I can easily care for myself as a busy mom and as a caregiver to a disabled son. If you also want true relaxation, Capable is now offering a 15% discount on any product to my listeners. 
simply enter the code CARE15. That's C-A-R-E-15 at checkout. You will be investing in your well-being because, as I always say, the child is only as healthy as the caregiver. Give yourself a drop of hope and care today. Visit capable.com. That's cape spelled with an E, bubble.com. Or follow along on Facebook or Instagram. So tell my listeners kind of how you've how you've sort of created this life for yourself. Really, you have this business um, and you do get paid to be her caregiver. How how are you managing it all as a single mom? Day by day. Yeah. It's a day by day. And really a lot of days, it's a moment by moment, you know, and it's a lot of prayer, a lot of prayer and reliance on God. I could not, I I don't know where I'd be without God, without it, you know, that my faith and, you know, I feel like I do have some supportive friends in the fact that they're there for me emotionally, mm-hmm. you know, and spiritually, but I'm still trying to figure it out. I feel like I'm still in the trenches trying to figure out how this is going to work, you know, and you, you think a door is opening and okay. Uh, okay. I, I see this. Okay. Thank God. We're finally going to see some light and then boom, it, it just falls through and your legs get knocked out from underneath you. And so, or that's what I've been experiencing. And so it's been a lot of hard hits over the last couple of years. And so I think we're still in that phase of trying to find some normalcy Mm -hmm. and trying to find consistency. And I know it's, I know it's got to be there somewhere. So you haven't made it yet. And I mean, Oklahoma is not known as a great state to live with a disabled child. Would you consider moving or are you there and you're going to, figure it out. The thing I feel with moving is then you move and you know, nobody. Yes. <laughs> That's what it's we did. Parent. If I, ha- yes. if I were married and I had a family and a husband to move with, then that might be a completely different mm-hmm. thing, but to pick up and just her and I move across the country to a completely new setting to might be a, might be adventurous and something to consider, but it's also very scary mm-hmm. to me because then you just move. And, you know, I have no family here. So all of my family is in different states. Okay. You know, and there's been consideration of, you know, moving closer to family members, but, but they have their own lives. Yeah. You know, that's what you have to be respectful of. It's one thing when you go through a crisis situation, you know, you get sick, you get better. People are there for you. They bring meals during that time. You experience a death and people are there for you. And But when you have something indefinite that goes on forever, I don't graduate from this. No, people you know don't know saying? what to do with that. They have they no idea. They don't know what to do. And it, you feel like a burden. You begin mm-hmm. to really feel like you're wearing people out because your needs don't end. No. And that's a hard thing to deal with for me. Just, I, I don't know. I don't want to ever wear my welcome out with somebody. Yeah. You know that's what why I'm saying? Short-term mission trips are so popular. You go, you make a difference, you feel good about yourself, and then you come home. 
<laughs> yeah, right. And like with our families, it doesn't end. It just right. keeps going forever. And yeah, people don't know what to do about that. But I would just encourage anybody listening, it does go on forever. So recognize that and, and step into that family's life in some way, shape or form, you know, bring a meal or if you're comfortable, offer some respite. I know that's not always like a comfortable first step to take with kids like ours, because there is sort of the scary factor and I'm just not familiar with what his or her needs are. But after a while, you'll see it's really not that difficult, you know, just to Mm. sit with them for a couple of hours so we can get out and take that walk or go on that Walmart run or whatever it may be, take a nap, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I just, um, I feel your heaviness and just trying to figure it out. And as a single mom, I just can't imagine. So what is your hope for the future for you, for her? Like, what does that, what would your ideal scenario look like? Um, I, I feel like for my sanity, it would be, I would love to have somewhat of a life of my own. I wouldn't mind being able to work outside of the home. I think there was one of the sweetest times for she and I was when I was working full-time outside of the home because I could separate this was home and this was work. It didn't all just blend together. That is a very overwhelming and heavy thing to deal with long-term of Mm -hmm. constantly having work life and home life mix. And it just feels like things are just chaotic all the time of trying to juggle all that. So that's what I would love. The reality of it, what I think would be the perfect blend is for me to work part some part-time hours outside of the home and then work some part-time hours remotely from home, but not full-time doing either one of the two, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yep. And as far as her future, that is something I'm still in survival mode from what I've been through the last 10 years that I don't have that one figured out. It's a scary thought actually of, of what her future looks like. If something were to happen to me being her only caregiver, I I don't have that one figured out. And so that's where I just have to live day by day. You have an ideal of what your ideal scenario would be. I never want to see her go into a home. Yeah. I want her safe. So I would hope a family member would take her in. Yeah, it's a lot. I'm sorry you have that burden to bear. But that's where my faith comes in and I can only live one day at a time. Right. I have to trust he's got a plan for her. And he loves her more than I do. Yep. I had I had a similar lesson instilled recently as the Lord said, you trust me with all of your other kids, but in you not trusting me with Luke, you've almost, you've turned caring into Luke, your idol, because you feel like you can't hand him over to me. And I love him more than you can ever imagine. And it was like, Ugh. Oh, that's, ugh. <laughs> no. 
Yeah. <clears throat> it's hard. Well, I appreciate your time today. I know you have a daughter who's waking up and who's going to need you here soon. I have three takeaway questions I love to ask every guest. First one is, how has being a caregiver changed you? Oh, goodness. I am I am not the same person today. I know I wouldn't be the same person without my girl. And sometimes it's, made, it's brought me closer to God. It's... Um, it's just uh, chiseled my character mm -hmm. and made me a better person. It's a refining process like no other, that's yeah. for sure. And sometimes it's almost to the point I can feel guilty because I feel like I've, I'm the one that's benefited, mm -hmm. you know, and yet, what is what's she dealing with? I get mm -hmm. smiles from her every day that are priceless. I mean, just priceless. And she smiles through it all. But it's still hard for everybody involved. Yep. I once heard um, a person in a support group say that our child took us to the foot of the cross. Mm -hmm. That's and that's exactly so it. True. Yeah, because it's beyond you. It's just beyond you. You can't, you know, you need something bigger, <laughs> yeah. you know, to help you through it. And so, but yeah, it's definitely, definitely changed my life for the better, I think, you know, and made me a very different person. Second question. If you had one hour all to yourself, how would you spend it? Oh, Lord. I'd probably go for a run. Yeah. I'd probably go for to the park and go for a run because that's something I absolutely love to do. I did it. It's a, a connection time with God. And um, it's, I just, I miss it so yeah. bad right now. You have a treadmill? No. And, and for me, running on a treadmill isn't the same as running outdoors. Yeah. I get There's that. Something about being outdoors that's very, Filling to me and very, um, I don't know. I do a lot of processing during mm -hmm. that time, and, and so that's my daily walk. Fills my cup. Yeah, yeah. It's been raining all morning, and I'm hoping it clears up this afternoon because I do have a treadmill too. But I avoid <laughs> treadmill like the plague. I would much rather be outside. I'm yeah. processing, praying, writing, like just all the things as I'm taking my three mile walk. Just. I get a lot of like downloads when I'm walking. Me too. Just, uh, like revelations, awakening, yep. open up like, ah, oh me my goodness. too. And it's what gets me through the day then. Yeah. You know, and I'm on this cloud nine. And yep. yeah, I do too. Um, and last but not least, how many cups of coffee are you drinking these days? <laughs> Probably about three a day. I try to stop it at three. Okay. <laughs> but it is my friend. Yes. Sure. It's my friend too. <laughs> <laughs> I think pretty much, you know, if you find me free and away from the house, you're going to at some point find me in the Starbucks okay. drive through line. A <laughs> you know? little bit of self-care there. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Um, where can people find you? I, I know you do have a, a business that maybe you'd like to promote. Uh, can you give us the website for that? Uh, sure. It's Bella Smiles photo booth rental. It's named after my daughter, actually. And um, 
but that's the website, bellasmilesphotoboothrental.com. Okay. And um, eventually I'll be starting a bookkeeping business, and but that's still in the works right now at this time. And so. Okay. I'm well, on Facebook. Okay. Is your background in bookkeeping? It is. Okay. I'll have to keep that in mind for the Lucas Project. Yeah. That's- Good to know. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much. And um, I just really appreciate your time. I know it's valuable and I just wish you all the luck and all the beauty and all the things as you do this hard and holy life of yours. Um, You're doing amazing if nobody's told you. So just keep keep on doing it. Yeah. Well, and thank you for your, your story has been so inspiring. So thank you for that. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us today on Coffee with Caregivers. And if you'd like to be considered as a guest for a future episode, please reach out at jess at the lucasproject.org. And as always, let's do what we do best. Just keep living.